Welcome to the Airflow Podcast. I'm your host, Ricky Thomas, and this is the place where Kingdom heirs go to be informed and inspired. So sit back, relax, and flow with me. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Airflow Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Ricky Thomas, and I just thank you all for joining me today for this episode of the podcast. Um, so for this this episode, I wanted to focus on self-knowledge, and, and I think it's so important for us as individuals, especially, you know, with everything going on with how social media and other forms of things can can impact us and our outlook on ourselves and on, on our outlook on the world. It's so important, I think, to take a step back and really evaluate for some people, reevaluate and understand who you are, who you have grown to be, because I think through time, there are certain things that changes changes in your life as you continue to grow and mature. And it should Um but having self-knowledge, knowing who you are, there, there are certain things that that are benefits that come with that. So I want to go over a couple of benefits, some of the benefits. And then I want to get into ways of, of how to really find out who you are. So when we start talking about benefits of, of self-knowledge, one is happiness. You know, if you think about it, you know, you'll be happy and happier as a person when you can express who you are. You express your you can express your desires and, you know, it, it just express just understand that expressing those desires will make it more likely that you can get what you want and getting what you want is because you understand you're more focused on things and you have more of a drive and, and more of a um, kind of a mindset to do it because you understand what it is that you would what, what makes you happy and you seek that. Um, another benefit is that there, there's less inner conflict. So, you know, when you when your outside actions, you know, are working in accordance with kind of your inside feelings and values, there's less conflict, there's less feeling of shame and guilt and all that other stuff. So you're, you're not working against yourself in the process. Um, another benefit as as better decision making. So, you know, knowing yourself and, and when you know yourself, you're able to make better choices about everything from small decisions to, you know, big decisions about like who you're going to marry and, you know, places where you want to live and things like that. You know, so you kind of establish these guidelines that you can apply to solve, you know, different problems that and challenges that come up in life. Um, one of the big things that you get in knowing yourself is self-control uh, because, you know, what kind of motivates you. And to, and what motivates you and you'll be able to resist bad habits and develop good ones. Um, and it gives you insight to know the values and goals that that will activate your willpower. And sometimes it sounds crazy because a lot of people live off that whole YOLO mentality, you know, which you only live once. And so sometimes self-control goes out of the window, you know, for the sake of living in the moment. And I think there's always a time and a place to live in the moment. But if you've got certain values and things, it, it sort of keeps you from making a in the moment decision or, or, or living in the moment experience that will have a lifetime ripple effect of something that is bad. So and there's 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 differences to that. Um, 
The other thing, other benefit that you have is a resistance to social pressure. So, you know, when you're grounded in your values and we're going to talk about that a little bit later, you know, and in your preferences, you are less likely to say yes when you want to say no. Um, and, and that's and I say social pressure, but that can be pressure from anybody. You have to be OK to say no. Now, it's 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 because you don't want to compromise who you are, because when you start doing that, then you, you'll continue to go down that path. And that causes some of that inner conflict. And then, you know, you're losing self-control. You're not making good decisions and, and, and things just go off the rails. So being able to resist. And again, it, it's all to, you know, it's it's all to think about. It's all for you to think about just where you're going to go with things. You know, why are you resisting this or why is this coming to you? Why do they feel it's OK to come to you? And that just goes back into, as we will talk about it later, about knowing who you are. Um, your tolerance and understanding for other of others um, will be heightened uh, when you know who you are. So you kind of have a, you know, you've got an awareness of your own struggles and things. And so it can help you empathize with others. And empathy and sympathy is two different things. But at least you'll be able to have an understanding because, you know, everybody uh, I use this quote to my dad uses all the time. Everybody is able. Um, everybody ain't able. I mean, everybody is not in a place where they understand who they are. And knowing that we all have been in that place, some of us are redefining what that means and, and going back through and trying to find out who we are. So we've been at a place we've seen like like my wife and I are teenagers, you know, we've got three teenagers in the house and a preteen now and just understanding with them what they're experiencing um, and being able to say, yes, we're we've been through that point. And sometimes as parents, we have to take a step back and reassess our mentality around it. And we have to remember that we were once that age. And so, you know, our tolerance sometimes gets a little it gets a little low because we want to talk about my kids. Now, when we talk about adults, it's a little different, but I think it gives us that and it gives us the ability to have empathy because we know who we are and we're securing that and knowing who we are. So we understand when we see people that are still struggling to find themselves and you kind of have a better idea of things. Um, and then kind of the last the last benefit of, of self-knowledge is you've got a sense of vitality and pleasure. And that means, you know, being who you truly are, it, it will help you to feel alive and, and it, it'll make your experience, you know, the experience that you have of life, you know, richer and more exciting. You know, you, you will definitely feel good about who you are and, and life will be more worth living because you're striving towards those things that you, you know, that you, that you desire to do or be, and you're living out your truth as a lot of people like to say. Um, and, and that comes in so many ways, but, you know, and that's why I want to get into some of the, the things that you can drill down into to find out who you are. Um, so I want to dig and start going through some of that now. And and hopefully, you know, through this, if there you go, you go, guys can go back and replay some of this information. But the ultimate goal is that, you know, think about where you stand in, in your knowledge, knowledge of who you are today. And have you ever actually assessed where you are? You know, some people, do you care? Some people don't. Um, but your response to knowing who you are or not caring about who you are, or caring who you are, you know, will define the people that choose to be around you. So some of this is that it's important for you to know who you are, but it's, it's helpful, too, because if you know who you are, it'll define the relationships 
uh, for those that are around you. Um, so one of the things that when you start on this journey of, of kind of seeking knowledge of self is knowing what do you like and not like. So you have to ask yourself that question. What do I like? What don't I like? And what most people find is that they spend more time thinking about or focusing on what they like. Because, of course, everybody wants to wants to focus on where the satisfaction or gratification is and everything. Um, and, and that's nothing wrong. And it's important uh, to figure out what brings you joy or happiness. But it's also equally important to understand what causes you unhappiness or dissatisfaction. Um, because sometimes, you know, people you ask somebody, well, what do you like to do? And some people will say, well, you know, it's hard to do. I like to do this. And they give very general things. And it's like, OK, so well, when you ask them to talk about well, what don't you like, sometimes people can be more detailed about what they don't like. And, and that can help drive the focus of, OK, I know what I don't like. And now knowing, understand what I don't like. I probably do like these things. I like this better. I want to do this better. So it helps to balance out the equation and you understanding, you know, what what are your likes and don't like and, and what don't you like? Um, and what you also find is that what you like and don't like is very much so attached to how you describe yourself to others. And those things can either separate you from other people or bring you together. So you think about the people that you associate with or that are your friends that you, you know, spend time with. There has to be some sort of commonality between you. And a lot of times it's about likes and unlikes, you know, things that make you happy or things that don't make you happy. And a lot of times that brings people together. But, you know, having knowledge of these likes and, and, and unlikes, you know, will help you to choose things like a career path where you want to live uh, hobbies, people you want to hang with, even somebody that you want to marry. Um, and, and I see that in sometimes in marriages that it, it's hard for two people who don't know who they are. They get married because they do love each other. But as they grow and start figuring out who they are, they change in the dynamic. And, and the person that they thought was the person they were supposed to be with turns out to not be the right person for them when they really figure out what they like and, and don't like. So I think that those are some of the things that, you know, when we start to talk about that, that's one of the first key things is what are your likes and dislikes? And this is something that you ask yourself. Um, and, and it may be good. Here's an activity. And I've done this before. And, and it's something that it's probably good to do every so often, you know, um, just to keep tabs of, you know, understanding where you are. So, you know, take a sheet of paper, you know, and I'll split it down split it down the middle and one side, you know, write things that you're good at and the other side, write things that you're challenged at. And, you know, when a lot of people do that, you, you start to figure out that a lot of what you're good at or what you're challenged at will kind of coincide with your strengths and weaknesses. And so that's kind of, you know, the next play is once you kind of know what you like and don't like, you should also look at, well, what are you good at and what do you feel like you're a little challenged in? Like I said, it, it real it will coincide with what you like and don't like. Um, and just understanding that in many ways, the things that challenge us usually are aligned with the things that we dislike. Um, so just understanding that, you know, if you're uncomfortable with something, well, I, typically you're going to tend to dislike that particular part about you or that activity. And it, it just all ties together. 
So try that activity, and I think that will help to form the things that you or get you to understand what you like and don't like, and then you know it all should tie into strengths and weaknesses. The next thing is really understanding what brings you comfort. So we learn a lot from ourselves when we're at our highest point. You know, when we're happy, we can say, yeah, this bring, this makes me feel good, and, and I like this, and I love this about this time frame when things are great. But then you you can also get a great understanding of yourself when you are in those periods of challenges or, you know, the valleys or the low periods. You know, so think about times when you're down or you may be stressed out and then understand from a comfort standpoint, what kind of comfort are you seeking out? You know, when you're stressed or, you know, when you're down and you're just not feeling like yourself and it's not a, a great day, how do you get through that? You know, for some people, it can be prayer. It can be, you know, food. It can be spending time with a person who's a good listener. It could be, you know, going out with a significant other on a date just to get away, you know, taking a vacation. You know, it could be reading a book, you know, exercise, but understanding what you like to do that gets you into a place of comfort that helps to understand who you are, because that comfort zone is what you always try to seek in your in your in your down times. But so when you're happy, we know that those kind of things can help bring you happiness. So now you can kind of pull it all together. Um, and it, it tells you a lot and it can help. It can also help to figure out certain things. Like I know people that when they're stressed, they eat, they, they're, I guess that's what they're called emotional eaters. So when people are gaining weight, you know, they just, they're just going, going and food brings them comfort. And, and that's not, that's nothing to be, you know, joked about because there are a lot of people that do that. You know, they don't do drugs and alcohol, but it's food. And that brings them their comfort to, to get them back to a place where they can center themselves and, you know, relax. So there are a lot of things that people do. And but it, it's good to understand, because, again, if you know if you know that about yourself and you're somebody who's trying to lose weight or, or you know, get in better health conditions, you know, and you know yourself, you know, well, hey, I've got to find some other activities to, to get out of this. I got a state of whether it's depression or just down, you know, so that you're not resorting to food. And that's where that knowledge of self really comes in place. Um, another thing you can do is is to, to understand who you are and, and, you know, get that knowledge of yourself is is taking note of your thoughts of, and emotions. Um, and a lot of people do that through journaling, you know, writing a journal, you know, and it seems, you know, I remember, you know, back in the day I used to hear about all, and it was always, you know, girls who would have diaries, you know, and they would write in their diaries, different things and journaling and diary, writing in diaries are close, but it just, you're writing out thoughts and things that took place and, and talking about, you know, sort of how your emotions were during that time. And so it's a good way to track things because now you can go back and look at it and think, okay, well, what topics came up during that time? You know, a lot of people suggest you should try it for at least a week, some say a month, and, and you start to get a baseline of things by looking at what kind, what things constantly came up on a daily basis. And then when those, those certain instances came up, you know, on a reoccurring thing, time, then what were the thoughts that were associated with those items? Were they positive mostly? Were they negative? 
And so when you do that, you're able to figure out kind of what are the themes and what are the, 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 the driving factors of a lot of your thoughts and emotions on a, on a daily basis. You know, is it a situation about bills being paid? Is it a challenge with a spouse or a significant other, you know, problems with a, a, a sibling or a child or, you know, something that just you're not happy with, you're not happy in your living conditions, your career, you know, a relationship with parents, you know, they're, they're just anything that, that you can associate and say, I seem to talk about this one thing over and over again, or I seem to experience um, certain feelings or certain thoughts around this topic. And it happens quite a bit. Those are things that, that you can use from a journaling perspective. And, you know, sometimes writing it out, I, I know some people that have done, it, I've seen where they do voice journals and they were just used there. Now you can use your cell phone and you can just record entries. Um, but it's just some way that you can go back and kind of do an assessment of, of your thoughts, your feelings and, and figure out like, what was going on and what do I deal with? Because again, knowing yourself and being able to take note of that, now you can have some some clear cut evidence and some some real um, tangible things that you can go back and try to work through. So I think that's very important. Another thing that a lot of people um, don't really do and don't think about, you know, some jobs, some jobs, um, you know, request or require folks to do this especially when, when you want to be promoted is a personality test, you know, and, and understanding your personality type is important. So why do certain companies want to do personality tests? Sometimes it's just, especially when you move into a management role or move into a role where you're going to be interacting with a lot of people, they want to see what kind of person you are, you know, um, what are what drives your personality? What, what, and these assessments, they're, they're online now. Some of them are free. Um, and it's good to have this kind of information for yourself because it's kind of a guide to give you kind of an understanding of why you are the way that you are. Um, and some people like it because of that, you know, it puts order in their lives. It helps them kind of gather their thoughts about themselves in a way. And then some don't like it because they, they don't want to be labeled a certain personality type. Um, but it's good to know at least get a baseline with these free exams. So, but I want, I want people to understand and, and I, I put this disclaimer out there that, you know, these free exams are not a hundred percent, you know, in terms of um, used as baselines. I think they, they can be used as baselines, but they're not a hundred percent valid um, in, in terms of really evaluating who you are, but it gives you a good, a good working understanding of that. You know, but if you really want a true and a more in-depth analysis of, you know, your personality type and, and some of these things, then it'll be great. And I would I would advise you to seek out, you know, a clinical psychologist who can really walk you through it and, and give you a, a good assessment because um, self-diagnosing things online it, it can help you at least get a, a ballpark in the ballpark of where things should, where you might be. But if you're really challenged by some of that and you really want to have some hardcore uh, conversation and, and some real, um, you know, concrete things that you can say, I can I can take this and from a, somebody who's licensed, a licensed professional, be able to get that information. You know, please seek a clinical psychologist because um, it will help you to, to get even more confirmed about what it is that that, you know, who you are as a personality. 
Um, the next thing is, is what are your core values and core values? I, I know that for some people, you know, their core value values are based off of religious, um, you know, off of their religious beliefs. And that's fine. Um, some people have core values that are around, you know, certain things of they served in the military. They, they take values from that. Um, you know, but what are the things that you govern your life by? What, what do you live by? Are they biblical principles? Um, you know, do you do you follow like family first and, you know, or things like equality, justice, peace, integrity, accountability? Um, what are the things that you can say that kind of shaping who you are? Like those are the boundaries that you try to stay within. Um, because without knowing these values, you really can't ensure that the choices that you're making, um, for, and your life are aligned with those values, with our lines with aligned with values that you have, you know, so you don't know what governs you. So if you don't know core values and most of us have values, Everybody has some level of value or some value or some set of codes that they live by. Um, and when those codes are or those labels or those values are are um, violated, there should be something internally in you that sort of, you know, triggers you to say this isn't right. You know, for some people, you know, again, if you're a believer, you know, one of the biggest things that you govern your life off of, and, you know, it's not necessarily, I guess you can't call it a core value, but it's sort of that internal alarm system is the Holy Spirit. But the values that you live by, if if you are a believer, are, are biblical, should be biblical principles, not religious doctrine, but principles from the Bible specifically. And I think that's important to go by that because a lot of times, you know, we get into these debates you know, about from a different religious stamp from a different standpoint in these different religions about interpretations of the Bible, you know, but there are certain things that are kind of written out as pretty straightforward things. And, you know, we like to or we tend to want to put them in different spins to, to angle it in the right way that we can skirt by certain things. But the value is the value, you know, whether you believe it or not, whether it's it's, you know, no matter if it's out of date based off of our society, you know, these are values that you should always live by, you know, respecting your fam, your parents, you know, that should be a value that is continuously taught. Um, but sometimes that just gets thrown out of the window, you know, um, different things within ma the marriage relationship, there are values that you should have, you know, within your relationships. Do you honor those values? Um, so, so those are things that really are guiding principles for you. And I think, again, understanding what those values are and they're, and they're your values. Nobody can tell you what you should value, but you've got to understand what things are that you value. You know, hopefully it's not material things. Hopefully that's not, you know, being rich because that's that's really not a value. That's just a superficial um, sort of thing that you can't take that with you when you're gone. You know, so when people look, when, when you look back at your life and people, you ask somebody like, well, what value they can, they should be able to say what values that you live by, where you're a person of integrity, where you're a person that was, a, you know, a, that love family, you know, where you always, you know, out trying to, or you're accountable for the things that you did wrong, you know, were you responsible, you know, that, that's what you want people to look at you by and, and say that, you know, speak to you or speak about you when you're gone, that's the legacy you leave behind. 
you know, you can leave behind money and that's all they know. Well, yeah, he left us money or she left us money. That's great. But that doesn't tell me about your life. And so that brings you to the next thing is, are you living a life that you are proud of? And, you know, some people, again, you, you really got to do some some introspection of yourself and, and look at your life and say to yourself, it's, it's not that I'm proud of where I come from. Yeah, it's always great to say I've come a long way and I'm proud of that. And if you're pr- and, and, if, and if that is where your pride is based off of, then, you know, you were you were doing something that wasn't representative of who you are, who your parents raised you to be who your family is. And and now you're in a place where you're, you're understanding who you are and understanding what you like and dislike. And you're like, you know what, now I'm living for myself and in my living for myself, I understand, you know, that, that I am proud of where I, where I am now. I'm proud of the, the hurdles that I had to jump. I'm proud of the challenges that I overcame you know, I'm not happy about the things that I did to some of the things I had to do to get to this point, but I am happy that I got here. I didn't give up, you know, but thinking about that, are you living a life that you're proud of or are you just getting by or surviving and living each day? You know, and some people are like, Hey, I'm taking care of my responsibility. So I'm proud of that, you know, but is that the life that you're really proud of? Or is it just, I'm proud of being, I'm taking care of responsibilities because that's what you're supposed to do. But are you, are you proud of who you are and the person that you are? So when you look at who you are, the person that you've become. So if you look in the mirror and look at yourself and say, you know what, I'm I'm happy. You know, there, there's some things I got to work on. I'm not perfect, you know, but I'm happy of who I am right now. And I know that I'm going to continue to, to grow and learn and develop. But that's a question that you ask yourself. Um, one of the next things that, that I I think it's important and, you know, a lot of people tie, tie this thing into the, the fiber of their life is, is money. And this question that you ask yourself is what would you do? What would you love to do if money wasn't an issue? I'm going to say that again. What would you love to do if money wasn't an issue? What dreams have you um, what dreams have you had that you felt have been deferred or deterred because of money? Was it a trip that you've always wanted to take? Was it that house that you didn't think you can afford? Was it the 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 vehicle? Was it, you know, being able to, you know, pay off your mother or your parents mortgage? Was it to be able to buy yourself that dream car, you know? What would you want to go to to do certain things for charity, you know, give to the kingdom? I mean, what if money wasn't an issue, if money's not a challenge, what would you love to do? You might be asking, well, why is that important? Well, because a lot of people base their lives. They base things about themselves on the money that they have at that point in time because they can't see themselves outside of the the reality of their, their financial status. They don't dream big because they don't see it. They see them. They see it as something that they have to do themselves. So when they do dream, you know, it's, 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 they quickly get snapped back into their current reality thinking that they don't, they'll never get to that point. 
And, and that is something that, you know, again, knowing who you are and, and you know, knowing yourself is important because some people, again, base a lot about their lives on money. You know, how would your life how would you live your life if your financial status wasn't an issue? If money just wasn't a, th- a thing, you know, if money was I got all the money in the wor- world, what would you do? Would you just sit around and kind of be to yourself? Would you be more social? Would you be more giving? Because, you know, again, money, they always say that money, you know, money would tell a lot about a person. And I've heard people say that money, you know, money is just, you know, people have money is just an extension of, you know, it it accentuates who they are or embellishes more of who they are as a person. You know, if if you get money and you become more flamboyant and this, that and the other. Well, it's just it's just something that was part of you to begin with. Some people get money and they're still humble. They're still they're just giving at a bigger stage, you know. And, and, and so those are things that that, you know, you you want to think about because money is a big factor in how people live their lives and how people think about themselves. You know, the next thing would be and this 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 one, I think for me is is one of the the, the things that hit me the most is and it, it is how would your life be if you weren't afraid of failing? Now, I know for me, I've missed out on a lot of things because I was afraid of failing. And I say missed out. I didn't start a lot of things because I I was just afraid of, of failing, you know, and people would tell me like, oh, you just seem so confident about certain things. And I'm like, I, 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 I've not done stuff because I was like, I, I don't want to fail. You know, I don't want to take this risk even though I did all the homework, I think I mentioned this before, but you know, just risking investments, risking this or that. I don't care how much I studied it. You know, I was just afraid that I was going to fail and understanding that self doubt, you know, can really define your life. And, and if you don't, and especially if you don't work to overcome it, you know, so that self doubt would definitely define who you are for your whole life, you know, and you start talking about, you know, Disney has this uh, Marvel show called What If? And, you know, in it, it always it takes different scenarios of Marvel characters and puts them in different situations than what we're accustomed to seeing them in. And, you know, it just gives fans a kind of a glimpse of how things could be if, if there was some alternate universe. Well, when you start thinking about self-doubt, you know, self-doubt will create a ton of what if scenarios when you get older and, and you're, you're trapped in your head, you know, thinking like, man, what if I would have did this or if I would have made that decision? And, you know, that's where the whole thing with failure, you know, self-doubt and failure really tied in together. You know, if, if you're thinking you're not going to be able to do it, you're doubting, you're not betting on yourself. And then you come later on to realize I could have done that and I should have done that. And now look at me. You know, and I tell that to my kids, especially my older two who are involved in sports. I always tell them the last thing you want to do is look back on, you know, your time as an athlete. They both play basketball. And I, and I, and I you know, I tell them, I said, look, you know, this is your life. Basketball is the thing that, that you guys want to do. It's something that you like doing. You love it, you know, and you got to put in the work. But if you think if you're if you're playing, when you go out there on the floor and you're playing in a game, and you're more worried about failing than just going out there and playing the game that you know how to play, 
you're going to mess yourself up and then you're going to put those a lot of those what if scenarios. What if I just didn't worry about that? And I just went out there and played better. What scout would have saw, would have seen me or how could I have helped my team better if I would have just got out, gotten out of my own way? You know, so a lot of that stuff, you know, again, is is part of the process. But you don't want to have those what ifs. How many people today, you know, are sitting at home, you know, looking at, at a, you know, a relationship that they d- decided not to pursue or, you know, to take to the next place because they were afraid of, you know, the commitment or afraid of, you know, the relationship failing because of, you know, just some anything, you know, because of their parents' relationships or people that they were close to or previous relationships. And then a time goes on and that person moves on and you sit back and you look at, man, I could have been with that person. My life would have been a whole lot different. You know, thank God, you know, I don't have that experience, you know, because um, I'm definitely happy about where I am. There's some scenarios where you look and say, well, if I would have done that, I definitely wouldn't have been where I am today. And I wouldn't have had the blessings that God had for me based off of marrying the, the woman that I love and that is the mother of my children. So, you know, those what if scenarios I don't care too much about. But again, just understanding that you don't want to you want to limit those what if scenarios and you do that by, you know, not being afraid to fail. You know, don't don't think about the failing part, just understanding that that those things will those failures will come. But it's part of life. So kind of the next piece is is understanding that, you know, how do you overcome the fear of failure? When we talk about, you know, how how your life would be if you're if you're not afraid of failing, you know, how do you overcome that fear? Well, one, you got to know that failure is necessary. You know, you're always going to have times when you fail and, and it's 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 how you adjust and how you take to the failure um, and the outcome that you have. And out, I should say outlook that you have on failure is really going to determine if it's going to create a what if scenario and, and basically cause you to go into this cocoon of not wanting to do anything because you're afraid of that that feeling of failure. But you have to use your mistakes and your failures as a lesson. And I've said it before, you know, th- there are no L's when people say you L. There's no L's for losses in life. You know, the L is for lessons. You know, you take an L because you're learning. You're, you're, you're getting a lesson. You didn't lose. You know, if you can't keep that mindset of I didn't lose. I, I may not have gotten the result that I wanted at a point in time, but I've learned something valuable that I can use to help me move forward. You, did, you didn't lose anything. You just may have lost a little bit of time, but that knowledge you've gained from the process will help speed up time the next point at the next time. Um, the other part of, you know, when we start talking about how to overcome fear of failure is to focus more on the success um, of, of the situation, whatever it is. Don't focus on the failures. A lot of people don't move forward in in how they do things or, you know, projects that they want to work on or um, certain entrepreneurial things that they want to to pursue. They don't do it because they start thinking about all the failing points that either them or other people have experienced in the past and they've shared that. And then you start focus on focusing on failures like, oh, man, you know, I don't want to put all this time and energy and money and lose out on things and now you know i'm sitting here you know 
I'm sitting here and I, I haven't gotten any further and I really have that failure to lift off because I just haven't taken the time to put myself up and say, I need to, I need to just focus on the success. I need to see the ending at the beginning. What is the end result? And keep my eye on that. Yeah, you know, I've heard several people in the real estate world who talk about, you know, projects where they're they're flipping, you know, a home or flipping a, a commercial property or, you know, multi-tenant dwellings. You know, one example is is uh, my pastor, Apostle Amos Howard. He talked about a project, his latest project, last project that he worked on, um, you know, turning a group of apartments that he had into high luxury apartments and just the process that he had to go through to get through it. And most people would have probably quit because of all the hurdles that were put in his way, all the, the challenges that were put out there for he and his wife. And, you know, but they stayed the course with it because they visualized, they saw the end result. They understood not only from the financial standpoint, but just what that, what that end result meant for his family and the generations that will come, you know, after them, if, if God, as, as he likes to say, of God should tarry, you know, the generations after him will see will reap the benefit from him staying the course. So visualize the success in anything, whether it's, you know, relationships, life, um, you know, sports, you know, whatever it is that you're that you're working towards, you know, school, see yourself as as graduating. I mean, I remember there was times when I was at TSU um, and I just wanted to quit. I'm like, man, I'm tired of this. And I think I said it before, but I kept thinking about the end result. I kept thinking of my mom and dad and, you know, siblings and just loved ones. And then people that I was classmates with just thinking about that graduation day of us standing there and the pride and joy that they felt. And that was a moment that I wanted for myself, not that I just wanted it for them, but I wanted it for myself. Because I'm like, I've been putting in all this work. Why would I get so close to the end and and and, and just leave it all there? And so for me, I was like, no, I got to keep pushing. I got to keep going. But I, I, I didn't focus on the the challenges and difficulties of the classes that I, some of the classes that I had to take, you know, or people saying that class is hard and, you know, getting so focused on and caught up on the difficulties that I'm like, uh, I can fail. And if I fail and I got to do this, I might have to take this class over. I might have to stay longer. You know, you just start having those thought processes and, and your mind just wanders. So I stayed on that piece because I know for me, fear is just, you know, that's one of those things that I try not to focus on. You know, uh, I just try to, you know, keep moving forward, you know, I don't, and don't let the small failures derail you from reaching the bigger goal and knowing what that goal is. And that's why it's good to have goals so you can set targets and you know, hey, I, I know what the end result is going to be. Uh, it's just like investing. You know, if you do your homework, and you invest smartly and you're patient with it, you know, you can make a ton of money. In investing, you know, whether it's, you know, properties you know, from real estate or, you know, from uh, stocks or crypto, whatever it is, you just believe you stay, stay the course. And, you know, at the end, you know, you'll, you'll see the goal that you visualize. Um, another thing is, you know, ask people that you that you trust for their honest interpretations of you as a person. Um. And that that kind of goes with, you know, if you are if you're not afraid of failing, because some people are afraid to ask people uh, for 
how they their perception or just how they view them. They're they're afraid to ask that because they're afraid to hear kind of I, I wouldn't say a negative thing, but just something to have to work on. You know, some people avoid certain conversations with certain people because they're going to hear they're not going to necessarily hear the good. They're going to hear the truth. And that's why I, I, I noted that making sure that it's people that you trust for their honest interpretations of you as a person, uh, because sometimes people we, we do have yes men in our lives, yes men and women who they don't know how to be open and honest with you about certain situations or certain things. So they just feel like it's best to tell you from this point, you know, and, and you know, I think even for my wife and I, there's times where, you know, we try to hide or, or not hide, but we try to um, guard each other's feelings instead of being true and honest about certain things. And so through our marriage, we've had to evolve and say, you know what, I you and I should be able to say certain things based out of our love for each other and know that it comes from a place of love, not a place of anger, not a place of, you know, to tear you down or anything. And it's important to do that because. You know, again, I want to know, you know, and it hurts, but, you know, I have to ask her at times, like, you know, what can I do to be a better husband? And sometimes, you know, and, and, you know, there's been times where she gets frustrated and, you know, it's like, well, you know, we had this conversation. I'm like, I know. And and I've the same thing with on my side, you know, it's like, okay, she'll say, well, what can I, what do you think I need to work on? And, and, you know, sometimes it's hard and sometimes we get defensive, you know. But we come back to it after we come out of that emotional, um, you know, that emotional roller coaster and just get out of our feelings and ego. And it's like, OK, I asked you the question because I wanted to hear it, you know, and I, I want to be better. And that's why, you know, that's why we communicate like that. So I get that honest interpretation, because if I'm failing as a husband, and if I'm even asking my kids, if I'm failing as a father, you know, in their eyes, Let's let's talk about that. Let's figure out what that is and then have those, you know, honest conversations. Um, one of the next things that that, you know, when we talk about knowledge of self is, you know, understanding how you connect with other people. And more so is, are you an introvert and extrovert? And introverts doesn't necessarily mean that you're shy and you're just like this meek and just kind of, you know, kind of hunched over, unconfident person. Uh, a lot of people are introverts because they just prefer to do things alone. They don't need they don't have to be around other people where extroverts, they like to be very social. Um, again, they don't need other people to be successful, but they prefer to be in a more social scene. You know, I, I, I look at my wife and myself, you know, I think there's nobody that's just kind of in the middle. There's most people that are spread out of court up around the spectrum. You know, there are times that. You know, my wife and I just like spending a quiet weekend at home, you know, after a long week of, you know, work and activities with the kids. And, you know, for us, we just like we want to chill. And then there are some times where it's like, you know, we need to get out. Let's go to get out and do some stuff, you know, and, and you know, we'll go to go out, and, you know, go out to eat, go, go. Well, so sometimes we used to go to the movies or just get out, of, go, go to something different like this. You know, we just recently went to go see the Dave Chappelle uh, comedy show, you know, just, just get get out and do something different. Now, for us, where we live at now to drive to downtown Nashville, it's about an hour, but it's worth it. You know, the drive was worth it. The trip was worth it because we just got some got away, got an opportunity to get away and just, you know, spend some time away. Um 
so what I classify myself as an introvert or an extrovert, you know, I think it's, 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 it's up for interpretation. I think I'm, I'm more of an extrovert than my wife is, but there are situations where she's more extroverted than me. So again, I think the common misconception is that somebody is like just smack dab one or the other. And that's not necessarily the case. I think, you know, I'm more of, I think I'm more of an extrovert than not. Um, but again, that's just me understanding who I am and my wife understanding who she is. And, and, you know, that's how we complement each other in a lot of ways. Um, so, you know, take a, take an assessment, you know, look at, look up, you know, different things about introverts and extroverts and just, you know, do an assessment on yourself and say, okay, it looks like I'm more of an introvert, but I do have some extrovert ways or vice versa, you know? And again, it's just good to know that. Um, why do you prefer to be at home by yourself, you know, on a, on a Friday night versus being out, hang, hanging out with the rest of the crew, you know, not to say that you don't do it, but you're not mad if those times come about, you know, like I say, some people just have, they want to be out and that's okay. That's, that's just part of their, that's part of their, um, you know, it's part of their personality and it's part of who they are. Um, another thing that, that, you know, kind of want to look at is what kind of friend are you? A lot. You can tell a lot about yourself by the type of friend that you are. You know, part of knowing yourself and understanding your expectations, feelings and actions, you know, it, it, you know, is how they how they relate to uh, relationships. So, you know, when you talk about friends and the kind of friend you are, do you talk to your friends daily or is it like every once in a while? Are you the person who arranges times for your friends to hang out, you and your friends to hang out? Or, you know, is it just one of those things where you're waiting to be invited to an activity with friends or a particular friend? Um, do you value spending quality time with your friends? And that's that's important, you know, because people talk about spending quality time with their significant others and obviously their kids. But. You know, do you have relationship, you know, with friends that are close friends? Do you foster those relationships by actually trying to spend time with them if if possible? Um, you know, from a friend's perspective, do you have close friends that you feel like you can share intimate details about yourself? Um, or are you just very secretive and guarded about your life with your friends? Again, this is important because it tells more about who you are. Um, and just knowing that, because again, if you, if you're that type of person, you're very guarded, then again, that, that just, is just more things to help you understand who you are. Um, are you, do you, are you the type of type of friend that uplifts or encourages your friends? Or are you always the one looking to your friends to be uplifted and encouraged? And, and, and you know, there's times where we, we should be both, you know, with friendships, it's a two way street, but you know, if you're only if you're only friends with a certain person because they uplift you, then that friendship isn't really fruitful. Um, you know, it's kind of almost like you're, it's, it's like you're using that person for what they can help you through versus you being there for each other. You know, another thing is, do you drop everything for your friend in need? You know, are you that kind of friend? And if there are boundaries to that, or if there's limitations to that, then, you know, again, that's just, things that you have to think about when you start talking about the kind of friend you are. Um, and kind of lastly to that, are, are you content with the friend that you are, you know, and, and, 
then you have to think about it. If you go through and answer those questions, you know, ask yourself those questions and answer them. Are you content with the friend you are, um, you know, based off of those answers? And when I say friend, I don't mean these social media friends that you've met once in your lifetime and now they're your friends forever. They're BFFs. I'm talking about people who, you know, you break bread with, you've stayed in each other's homes, you've spent time together, you vacation together. Um, you shared details with people that you've got history with, that you're true friends, you know, how are you okay with that friendship? Are you okay with who you are in that friendship? And I'm talking about really looking at yourself, not the kind of friend they are to you, but knowing the kind of friend that you desire to be, are you the friend that you desire to be, uh, or are you the friend that you desire your friends to be to you? I think that's the better way to phrase the question. Um, and it's, it's something that you have to think about. And if you're not, if you're not that kind of friend, then, you know, talk to your real friends, talk to those real friends that you value their relationship, you value their information and see if they can help you to be a better friend. You know, ask them about that and say, Hey, you know, I would love to, um, you know, I would really love to, to find out a little bit more. And I, and I want you to be open and honest with me and tell me, you know, what are those things that, um, you know, what are those things that, that you think I can help to be a better friend? Do I, do I not reach out? Because I know for a fact, you know, a lot of my friendships have dwindled down partly because of, of my, you know, I have to take accountability. It's because of me. I put so much time and work in my family that I didn't continue to foster those relationships. And, and, you know, when I talk to some of those friends and, you know, they, we just talk about it, you know, we catch up and it's like, yeah, life is this and life is that. I mean, I got family members like that. And, and it's a shame when we get together, it's like we've, we've been talking all along, but it's still a shame that we've got to go gaps of time with all the technology and everything. And, you know, it, it's just an, it's, it's an indictment of me. I'm publicly rebuking myself for that. Um, and I've got to get better. You know, I've got cousins, I've got cousins that live, you know, in the same state, not too far from me. And I, I hardly see them, you know, so, you know, I've got uncles and I got an uncle and aunt here. I've got several relatives around and I just barely see them. And, you know, I always use the excuse of life and, and we kind of all do, you know, just life and just everything else, you know, and, but there's still love. It's, it's not because of, you know, something bad happened, but a lot of it is just, it is life. But it doesn't mean that, you know, we don't need to foster those relationships. And, and like I said, for my part, I've got to do better, you know, regardless of what that person chooses to do. I know that I haven't been the friend or relative that I need to be. So that's some introspection I have to do now. Do I act on it? That's going to be the other part. You know, I'm holding myself accountable, but part of that accountability has to come with action. So um, last couple of things, you know one of the big things too, is evaluate the people that's around you. So if you want to know who you are, evaluate the people that are around you. And I've seen it before and the number always changes, but it says that you're the average of the five closest people to you. Now, you know, whether it's five, whether it's seven, I've heard seven, I've heard different numbers, but regardless, the people that are closest to you, whatever that number is, you are the average of those people. You know, and what it's saying is that the people that you're closest to, they have an impact on you. And it's not to say that you are, you know, that you don't have a mind of your own and, you know, you're letting other people just run your life. That's not what that really means. It just means that people that you're close to have a subtle influence on you um, and a subtle impact on you and influence. 
And the question is, you know, you know, do you see portions of yourself that may be taken from those that are close to you? And if you don't like, if you don't like the person that you are based off of those relationships, because you are pulling some of those things from them, then that's when you can reevaluate your relationships. But until you can understand, you know, who you are and then look at the people around you and say, Ooh, yeah, I do notice I pick up some of these habits. I picked up some of this negative mindset from people, or I pick up some of this, you know, talking, you know, some of the not seeing things positive and being optimistic, you know, I'm more pessimistic when I'm around this person or, you know, or I'm, I'm happy around this person and they always bring my mood up and, and, you know, they help to, to bring me higher. Um, and, and that is that, that can be the other side of things, you know, you have people around you that are constantly elevating themselves, you know, in the spiritual level or constantly elevating themselves, you know, physically or, or through finances and they're constantly growing and, and being better, you know, growing to be better, you know, people, better, better husbands, fathers, mothers, you know, daughters, you know, any kind of that relationship, they're just building and trying to be grow and be better. You know, those are people you want around you. You know, um, another, another saying is that, you know, if you're the, if you're the biggest fish in your pond, then your pond is too small. You know, uh, the other thing is you're the smart, you know, just the same kind of same thing. If you're the smartest person in your group of friends, then, you know, you need to you need to elevate your group of friends and you need to change things out. It's not to say your friends are dumb, but it's just to say, hey, if you're trying to grow and be better, you know, and and you feel like you're the smartest person around the people that you're with or that you're around mostly, then you got to think about that. You need to have other groups of people that you hang around, mentors or things like that to elevate you. That That's a, a thought to have. And then the last one is, you know, what do you do and who are you as a person when you are alone? You know, that, that, that starts to get into the integrity part of things. You know, when nobody's around, who are you? You know, how do you spend your time alone? Do you feel happy alone or are you empty alone? You know, so those types of things are, you know, just just something to really think about. Do, do you, does your values govern you? If nobody's around and, you know, you always hear the thing is if somebody dropped one hundred dollars on the floor, and nobody's around. Do you pick it up or, you know, do you turn it in? You know, th- those type of questions, you know, uh, we mentioned before, you know, my wife, um, we were in our old still in our old area that we lived in town and, you know, she went to the bank and somebody left a wad of cash in ATM machine. Um, and now my wife could have took it and said, you know what? Ain't nobody around. Nobody saw anything. Nobody came back. It's just literally cash hanging out of this ATM, you know, in the, in the, the money shoot. And she went back in the bank and turned it in. And, you know, she called me and told me, I was like, you know, she was like, what should I do now? Could we have used that money? Yeah, we were at that time. We were trying to prepare to do a whole bunch of stuff and we could have took that money and, you know, used it for this. But at the same time, it was like, uh, you know, nobody was around. Nobody was looking. And she said, you know what? I'm going to take this money back into the bank. She was like, I feel like that's the right thing to do. And so she took it in. Even the people in the bank were looking at her like she was crazy. Like you turned this back in. And of course, I guess they didn't have a way to really track it. I mean, they can go back through the ATM and figure out what happened and see who was the person who withdrew money out or whatever the case may be. And that person could have been leaving it as a blessing. We don't know, but we understand that, you know, she she 
valued making sure that she has some level of integrity about herself to give somebody their money back because you never know what they could have been using that money for. You know, and, and I would hope that somebody would do that to me unless it was my intention or my wife's intention intentions to bless somebody with it just to leave it there. So those are those are the things that you really want to think about, you know, and, and take time, go back, listen to it again. You know, but knowing yourself is so important. You know, I've told, you know, people that, you know, I've talked to before um, that are single who are interested in being married and they always say, well, what's, you know, what, what do I need to know about being married? And I've told them, I was like, you need to know yourself. You know, you need to know who you are. You know, you can't come into a relationship and not know who you are and then expect to be able to grow with a person. And I'm not saying it's impossible, but think about all the challenges you create uh, from that. You know, I've, I've had situations where I've, I've suggested to people like, you know, before you move in with somebody, you know, even if you're in the process of getting married, before you move in, at least have an opportunity to have a place of your own. You know, if you can get an apartment, you know, if it's feasible, I know nowadays apartments are expensive. But again, you know, if you want to you know, be able to live by yourself and, and I think I spent some time living by myself and getting to understand who I am through that process you know, there were nights where my wife, then fiance and I, when I had my own apartment, you know, there were times where, you know, she was at her place because she had to go to work and I had to go to school. And, you know, we, we just didn't see each other for a couple of days. You know, it wasn't a lot of that time, but those are times that I spent, you know, just kind of doing some self-reflection and, and, and it's important. Um, even now as, as a, you know, I've been married almost 20 years, three kids, you know, and a dog, and I still try to find time in, in where it's convenient for everybody to, you know, focus on myself, you know, where I used to live at to drive out from our old house to where my older two kids go to school or, you know, where my, now my son, our older son goes to school, you know, it was a 30 something minute drive. You know, and then I had to when I was going to work, I would drop him off at his bus stop and then drive to my my job. So it was about an hour or so trip every day. And in that time, I turned off the radio and I would just spend time just thinking and and just just kind of almost talking to myself in a way, but just, you know, evaluating things. You know, I didn't think about work. Just thought about what are things I need to do to be better as a husband, as a father, just be a better me, you know, talking to God, just trying to get myself right. So all of that's important. And that's why I want to make sure that everybody just takes that time to understand that knowing who you are is going to be such a, a great thing when you find out. And as you're in, and it's not just going to be a one day thing. It's a journey, but you have to be open and willing to learn. And sometimes you have to be willing to let others in to help you with that. So be very careful about the people you choose um, to kind of get some feedback about who you are or who, who they see you as, uh, because you, you've got to you've got to also think about their intentions. You know, if the, their intentions aren't the best or their intentions aren't to be truthful, they just want to tell you what they think you want to hear because, you know, they, they don't want to hurt your feelings. You, you got to have those people that don't have filters. You know, I don't, I never mind those kind of people. I actually love them because I know where they're coming from. They're straight shooters. And for me, that's, that, that's very important. So, you know, again, knowledge of self is, is going to be key as kingdom heirs. Knowledge of yourself is so key. Um, 
because knowing who you are as a person, knowing who you are in Christ, you know, if you do that, there is nothing or there's nobody or anything that an enemy or even yourself or somebody around you can do to hurt you and to take away who you are and the blessing that you are, are that you are supposed to inherit. So, again, you know, I'm I'm excited to to know that there are going to be people that are going to listen to this and they're going to take some evaluation. And they're going to get to know themselves. And I don't care what age you are, you know, whether you're young, old, you know, it, it doesn't matter. You're getting to a place to you where you know who you are, and who you are, and your life is going to be so much better because now you're going to be more driven towards aligning yourself within those core values that you, that you live by or those principles that you, that you use to help guide you through life. Um, and it's, it's just important to make sure that you understand that because knowing who you are and then being an heir to the kingdom, knowing whose you are, you know, you, when you pair those two together, it's really exciting because there's, it gives you a power and a purpose that, you know, nobody can take away from you and it puts you in a whole different place. And so, you know, it's something to be excited about, you know, self-exploration to figure out, you know, knowledge of self, you know, it, it's something that will open you up and it will enlighten you um, and, and hopefully bring forth happiness and joy um, and the pursuit of that. And it becomes a little easier because now you, you know where to go because you know who you are. You know, those things that are triggers for you that will take you down a path that you don't want to go. So that's why it's so important to know that information. And again, as a kingdom heir, it is, it's important to know because, you know, you can't flow in what God created you to do. If you don't know who you are, you don't know whose you are. And God wants you to do that because, you know, he wants you to be a partaker of the blessing, the blessing that he shared with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And it is ours as kingdom heirs. We just have to flow in it. So I just thank you all for joining us again for another episode of the Airflow podcast. Uh, please continue to listen um, at our website www.airflowpodcast.com that is h-e-i-r-f-l-o-w-p-o-d-c-a-s-t.com uh, you can find all of our episodes there you can also find us on uh, your favorite podcast player whether it's spotify whether it's apple podcast whether it's iheart radios podcast google podcast we're available in most of the major podcasting platforms so please look us up there um, and remember to like it and share it, um, you know, and, and any feedback that you may have, our, our email address is airflowpodcast at gmail.com. So please feel free to, to write me um, and share that. I also have a Patreon site um, and I'll share the Patreon site and link. But, you know, if you're interested in being a contributor in the community, um, I'm, I'm really trying to build and grow this community. It's going to be some cool things that I'm going to have available, like special uh, episodes that will be tailored uh, just for the community. Um, I'm also going to be uh, starting uh, video um, video podcasting as well for some of these episodes. And um, a lot of them are going to be some special ones that I want to have available for uh, the Patreon community. So, you know, if you're interested in that, uh, share the link in the description um, in the in the bio for this podcast episode. And please just take time, you know, if you're interested in doing it. But as always, I appreciate the support. I'm going to continue to grow this and continue to grow myself. Uh, we'll continue to bring good content as well as great guests and great testimonies to continue to drive you um, and help you to be inspired and informed so that you can be the kingdom heir that you was created to be. So as always, just remember that 
as a kingdom air you were created to flow so flow on <laughs>